bright creatures of the night. Welcome to Talking Taker, episode 119 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. We are here going through the career of The Undertaker one match at a time. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night. He is the warden of the Punjabi prison, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, I've uh, got your test results back here, man. I, we, we talked about you being sick and down for the count last week, and uh, yeah, uh, I got some bad news, dude. It appears that oh no, you've got elevated liver enzymes, my friend. <gasps> oh my word! What does that mean? I have no idea to this day <laughs> what okay, that means, okay, but good. we're gonna talk about it tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And today we're going to cover uh, WWE Elevated Liver Enzymes 2006. It's going to be a hot commodity going around. Oh boy, yeah. We've talked about some strange buildups, some plans changing quite a bit during our run here, but perhaps none more so than this when it's supposed to be The Undertaker versus Great Khali at Great American Bash 2006 in the Great Khali's signature match, the Punjabi Prison, crafted, created, spent thousands and thousands of dollars creating this enormous structure just for this match. And a day before the pay-per-view, he gets pulled for elevated liver enzymes, so Undertaker ends up facing the big show all of a sudden. <laughs> exactly. It is insane. <laughs> it is. But somehow, somehow, Big Show's insertion actually makes sense. And we'll get to the bottom of that as we discuss this. So, you know, we discussed months ago about ELO on this podcast, but tonight we're going to be discussing ELE. Bingo, my friend. Elevated liver enzymes. <laughs> We should make a t-shirt, like an NWO style, the ELE. <laughs> or the ELO logo, like an album cover Or the or ELO logo, yeah. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm glad you're coming around on ELO. Oh, yeah, man. They elevate my liver enzymes off any, any day. I listen to them. Well, I don't know what we've done to deserve this punishment of having to go to the Punjabi prison, <laughs> but let's go ahead and serve our time, Travis. Let's take the time travel on hearse. All the way back to May of 2006, we're gonna pick up. Uh, we're gonna pick up two weeks after where we left off of Judgment Day 2006, and the Great Khali pretty much just squashing the Undertaker in arguably just his most, um, his biggest defeat up to this point, his most one-sided defeat you might could say in 16 years is the Great Khali pinned Undertaker with one foot on him after about seven minutes of action and I mean just a stunning stunning defeat there at Judgment Day uh, so stunning that Undertaker's gonna take uh, about another month off that's about time cashing that PTO man <laughs> so yeah there are some other goings on that surprisingly enough the great Carly is going to carry this feud on television Surprisingly, Not... unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. whatever word you want to use there. Tragically. <laughs> exactly. 
But uh, not much yeah, happens. Not uh, somebody you really want to give the reins to uh, right off the get go. So no, no. Uh, but unfortunately, that's what we're getting here. And not too much happens on the SmackDown after Judgment Day. Um, we just get a video package recapping the feud and the Cole and Taz and their serious voice talking about the damage that Undertaker spent uh, received at the hands of Great Kali. But uh, we do hear just an update on the. Uh, on Mark Henry's theme song, which has been a topic of debate here the past few weeks, we do finally hear the yeah. 3 6 Mafia performing it, and they do a live rendition here on this episode of SmackDown. So that's where that finally kicks into gear. And another glorious. I think Mark thing, Henry cared uh, none. He didn't look like he cared at all. <laughs> <laughs> he had no just, idea what a great gift right. he was being given in that moment. Exactly. And, and a gift we were all given on this night was the debut. Oh. Of none other than King Booker in his coronation after winning the King of the Ring. And uh, what we said, we'll talk a little bit more about that on next week's episode. We'll get to see him a few times. But man, what an incredible character transformation that was. Oh, all hail King Booker. We were all on board, man, this Booker train, dude. I loved it. I thought it was like... He's just amazing, the stuff he can do, and just transitioning from one character to another and not taking it seriously, but still taking it seriously at the same time. It was just amazing to see, and what a, like a renaissance for his career, you know? It was. I don't think anyone truly expected that, but there it was. He rolled with no. it, he went with it, and, and created something just as iconic as anything he'd done in his career up to that point, man. Um, yeah. And one last note from this episode of SmackDown. This is where JBL loses to Rey Mysterio and quits SmackDown forever, uh, quote-unquote. But uh, that's going to sort of open the door for him to fill into a new role uh, after a couple weeks here on SmackDown. But uh, I'll go ahead and roll on over to the next week, Travis, uh, June 2nd, 2006, where we get another famous debut, and that would be... Big Vito wrestling in a dress for the very first time. Yeah, pulling a Perry Saturn. He did, man. He uh, he pulled a Perry Saturn, and um, for some reason, I remember Perry Saturn's running the dress a lot more fondly than Big Vito's. Oh, without question. So that's because Perry Saturn's a better wrestler than Big Vito. But yeah. anyway, uh, it happened, man. So, it happened. Yeah, this is this this happened. Yep. <laughs> that's all we can say about it here, and this mm-hmm. happens too. Piper's Pit, ladies and gentlemen, with special guest, the great Kali. And yes, it's going to be as much of a train wreck as you think it's going to be when you hear those words. <laughs> Dude, if you'd have told me we we're going to cover Roddy Piper as much as we've covered on this podcast, I'd have called you a liar. He's, he turns up all the time on this show. It's been a treat. Yeah, it has. And uh, funnily enough, he's going to get introduced by the man who would go on to uh, I wouldn't say take his place, but maybe follow in his footsteps quite a bit. The future host of Miz TV, The Miz, uh, is the future 15-year veteran of the WWE, as you pointed out a couple weeks <laughs> ago. He's going to introduce uh, Piper's Pit, bringing out Piper. and uh, I think we were talking a little bit before we went on air, Travis. You speculated that Piper had absolutely no script going into this segment, and I would say you are 100% correct on that, sir. Yeah, there's no doubt. He they just he probably showed up right before the segment and was like, "What am I doing?" And they're like, uh, "Go out there and interview Kali," because I don't think he has any idea who this guy is when he gets in the ring with him. So <laughs> it's funny. I'll let you talk about it, but it's funny. 
Well, he references Heath Slater here and calls himself a one-man band before he brings out Carly. (laughs) Maybe that's where Slater got it from. Probably. (laughs) Who knew? Uh, Piper says he's heard all this talk about the great Kali, but uh, he has to see it to believe it. So he calls out Kali and Davari. And, man, uh, if it was 2019, I think Roddy Piper would be trending like Jim Cornette is trending right now, dude. Because he goes <laughs> into this bizarre ranting and raving. He's checking Kali out, saying he wouldn't want to do any jail time with him. Uh, he checks his neck to see if there's any bolts on it, like he's Frankenstein. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to insert Roddy Piper's quote here because I don't want to be caught saying it. Yeah. But uh, he says, goes, looks at Collier's rear end, turns around and looks at him and says, Look at that butt there. There's a broke back mountain wall. I'm for you, huh? You betcha. Ah, no, you look great. Tell me, uh, did your parents have any children that lived? Hey, hey! Which, <laughs> I don't even fully understand that, but... <laughs> nah, it's, uh, I guess that was timely. Was this, did that movie come out back then? I guess <laughs> it, it was. It came out like a year before. So. It came out in 05. Yeah. Which is about right for WWE but, uh, references. Yeah, but when I watched it, he said that, I was just like, goo! Like, you can't say that then. So. <laughs> oh, Yeah. But my favorite part is when he's like, how much English does he speak? Yeah, and Devari says none, and Piper's like, oh, this will be fun then. <laughs> like, I legitimately think he asked that question. Like, I don't think that was, like, written down anywhere. He just like, asked that. Like, oh, like, and as, that we can, as we can tell from previous episodes, uh, the answer is none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might could understand a little oh. bit, but he definitely can't speak any English at all. Right. Well, uh... Right. Davari eventually he gets upset at all this and says they go into this terrible back and forth. This part was scripted for sure because it's awful. Yeah. As Piper says, well, what does he eat? And Davari says, he eats people like you for a living. And Piper says, don't say that. <laughs> Which is exactly yeah. what I wanted to say. <laughs> it was awful. But uh, I'll fast forward to the end here. Eventually Piper hops up on the bottom rope so he can talk to Kali eye to eye and Kali grabs Piper by the throat. Davari tries to calm him down and uh, Piper ends up slapping Davari. Kali gives Piper a headbutt and that big chop to the head that has been decimating people week after week and stands tall over the ledge and Rowdy Rowdy Piper and poses over him. So yeah, doesn't really build to anything here. It's just getting Kali back on TV and uh, using Piper. I guess he was, I think they're in Portland, which is where Piper is from. They're so, in Portland, yeah. Uh, that's why he's on the show. And, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a fun segment. Yeah, it was fun. It didn't do it. Like I said, it didn't further anything really except to get Kali over. But, yeah, it's just basically, a, it's like a house show segment, honestly, because they were in Portland. That's something you'd see nowadays, um, like at a house show. But anyway. The next week we uh, get uh, this is uh, June 9th, 06. We get a show starts out with a rest in peace, John Tenta. He was uh, he passed away, I guess, this week. He was born in '63 and died in 2006. And we talked a little bit about him here on the show, but um, I didn't realize he was as uh, as old as he was when he passed away. So made it to his early 40s. So which sadly is is a long time for wrestler back then. So. Yeah, it's a shame. He was a he was a good guy. Uh, I loved. I was a huge Earthquake fan. Uh, he's just one of those guys that just jumped off the screen to me when I was younger. 
Uh, and I pre- I thought he could work as he was a great big man. Didn't really wrestle Taker too much, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite YouTube clips is like he did some dark matches for SmackDown in like 2001 or two. Like it's he, he like walks out under the fist entrance for SmackDown doing some dark matches. Oh, really? That's there. awesome. Uh, you should look that up, man. It's cool to see and uh, would have been fun to see him doing another run. Um, he was. Kind of, I, I, he was like friends with the WrestleCrap guy when like do interviews for their website back in the day. So uh, he was oh, seemed yeah. like a cool guy and had a good sense of humor about things. Uh, wish he was still around doing stuff. Well, he would have fit in on SmackDown this day because you got Roddy Piper, you got Tatanka, Road Warrior, Animal, Shame, not Seamus, Finley. I mean, you know, all these guys from. Back in the day, or coming back, so he would have fit in. It would have been hilarious, but I thought you were gonna um, say he would fit in because there was a lot of wrestle crap on SmackDown during this time. Well, that was my next sentence. Yeah, <laughs> he would have also fit in because of that. So, well, something that wasn't wrestle crap to start out with was this match between Super Crazy and Brian Kendrick, and they had this really long, really good match. And it actually has a Spanish Fly off the top rope, which is a match that you see in almost every NXT. AEW <laughs> Raw match nowadays, but like back then they weren't a dime a dozen, and it was like that was very rare. Spanish Fly is a cool looking. It was a cool looking move. Right now, honestly, I couldn't care less about it because everybody does it. But it was really neat to see watching it on you know on replay here in SmackDown. I was like, man, that's, that was hot news from back then. So that was definitely that Ring of Honor style, you know, kind of uh, bleeding over into WWE at this point. But right. anyway, after that cool move we hear kali uh his music just farts all over the place and comes to ruin what's happening so the cruiserweight guys are scared in the ring and kali comes out and goozles kendrick and uh and lund and then london slides in the ring and hits him in the back with a chair and of course kali no sells it probably not because he's a monster probably just because he doesn't know how to sell anything because he's not good at wrestling but he uh <laughs> just, just saying i'm just calling a see it so, but um controversial opinion both, both right them. there uh, yeah, I think not, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I think it's unanimous. But um, he overhead press slams Kendrick over the top rope onto Paul London, which is pretty. That's a pretty big fall, you know. And then uh, Kali then boots super crazy and choke lifts him while Psychosis actually keeps his distance away. And uh, Michael Cole's like, I don't know who's going to stop Kali. Maybe it's Undertaker, but of course, as we know, he's off with he's out. PTO. Yeah. But anyway. And then, but you wouldn't know that uh, anything was happening because Michael Cole and Taz can't stop talking about the, EC, the new ECW and uh, the new One Night Stand pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. Uh, specifically, they're talking about the big show, how he defected from Raw to ECW. And uh, I think he's going to, is he going to have that match with RVD? Oh, it'll be after this, won't it? Yeah, because RVD is about to win the, the title from John Cena and then lose it like a week later because he's makes a mistake <laughs> but anyway yeah later on this night tags actually defects to ecw later which opens up a spot for the smackdown announced team so just ah, keep that in your there we go in your memory bank there but also i want to mention one more thing a, a, a random cameo we've i've had a lot of fun talking about these random guys that show up on smackdown and back in the day like champa and so and uh roddy strong and stuff like that but on this night mark henry takes on raymond Rowe, who is Viking experience, War Machine Raider, whatever you want to call him. He's <laughs> one of the Viking Raiders, the current Raw champions. Uh, they've had 140 names, but um, 
I was a big fan of theirs in New Japan. Liked them a lot in NXT. They haven't really translated as well in the main roster, but I do not remember Raymond Rowe being on SmackDown in 06. So I thought it was pretty cool to see. I didn't know they were around back then. I didn't know they had been wrestling for that long. I, me neither, honestly. I thought they started about 2010. Seriously, so is he the know. bald one cool. or the one with hair? He's the Rainbow is the smaller one, the balder, the bald one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's he's Actually. married to um, Sarah Logan. What's her name? Sarah Logan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's neat, man. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, so. but there's a lot of that going on in SmackDown during this run. Uh, it's fun to pick those out uh, when you see them on mm-hmm. there. Uh, as we move on to SmackDown, June 16th, 2006, and as you mentioned, Taz is gone, JBL is no longer wrestling, and so this is the first episode where JBL joins the commentary team to replace Taz and, and sit with Michael Cole. Uh, what are your overall feelings with JBL on commentary? Well, he quit SmackDown for t- forever, for two weeks, <laughs> and he's back. And he's back. That's, that's about right. i tell you what, man. I really, um, I've appreciated JBL's commentary more now after us doing this podcast and going back and seeing the JBL character. I really wasn't a huge fan back in the day. I definitely wasn't a fan of him when they kind of, in 2016, when they put him on SmackDown with Mauro Ranallo and um, right. whoever else it was, I don't even remember. He was just too much, too much JBL. And it doesn't translate quite as well in this day and age, but um. Now that I appreciate his character and what he was doing in 04, 05, I really do enjoy his commentary back, like looking back at it now. Does that make sense? So, yeah, not a sure. huge fan at the time, but a fan now. Well, he, you? he comes in hot on this episode of SmackDown. And that's, Dude. <laughs> that's my main takeaway this first month of CNM is he is, he's got turned up to 11 every time he comes out during every match. And that would be my one oh, critique yeah. on him. Maybe tune it back, but I like a change of pace. I, I do like that he's a heel. Um, I think it's funny that he kind of, he heals on a lot of the heels too. It's kind of interesting. Like, yeah, he's full mm-hmm. on heel, but there's also some heels that he doesn't like either, and we'll talk crap on as right. well, uh, as we see here. Yeah. Uh, as the Mexicals, you know, Kali beat him up last week, and now they're getting some revenge potentially in a two on one handicap match against Kali later in the night. And but they have a little bit of tension over the fact. Um, I think Psychosis walked out on crazy. Last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got some tension in the Mexico camp here. Uh, and it happens again during their match as Kali squashes them, hits his finish, the double choke slam on Sia, on uh, Super Crazy, and Psychosis walks out again. So they're teasing the heel turn for Psychosis. And boy, oh boy, JBL is full on JBL during this match, ranting about the Mexico. Two Americans. I feel like I'm watching Telemundo here, like it's Lucha Libre, like Milva scares me, raised from the dead and come back. Between that border and the border with us in Canada and all these French pastries, something should be sealed off. Well, here's a man from the Punjab jungle of India. This man will be whatever he wants. 420 pounds. The great Kali. Let me tell you something. If this illegal immigrant, along with the Mexicans, is picking fruit, he can pick from the bottom of the tree to the top of the tree. 
was ranting about Sylvan for some reason. So, like, again, another heel, yeah. but he's like, he hates that guy legitimately. He hates yeah. The Miz every time he's on TV, and The Miz is a heel too, yep. but he, like, legitimately hates Miz. Um, <laughs> and then he says that he thinks that the Great Kali is the new dead man because when he shows up, careers are dead. Interesting way to get to that nickname, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. To I me. mean, my interest is dead when Kali shows up, that's for sure. <laughs> that's what he actually so, kills. <laughs> yeah, he kills any, any interest I have in the show. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get that logic. He tried. He tried to he reach was, for it, but again, it didn't man. work out. It's his first night, so... Uh, Davari gets on the mic after the match and says everyone in the building is afraid of Great Kali and Kali gets on the mic and says something Um, Mm. apparently he says rest in peace which JBL and Cole (laughs) inform us is rest in peace and JBL's like you got that right pal he, he heard it. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the whole night. Yeah. He just, he Kali mumbles and ruins the English language, and JBL's like, You got that right. <laughs> like, yes. That's how you commentate. That's how you commentate as a heel. I loved it. <laughs> well, my favorite part of watching this episode of SmackDown Back was the Raw recap that they showed on here. This was the week on Raw. We, we don't talk about the other show too much, but this was when. DX reformed for the first time in 2006 after months and months of teasing it. They started teasing it at WrestleMania when Triple H and Shawn Michaels both did the crotch chops in their match. And I remember we marked out. I meant to mention that when we covered Mania. Yeah, Yeah. that was one of our favorite parts. I meant to mention how big. that That was one of the fun things about seeing our friends that we had over get so excited at how excited we got because it took us back to 1998 you know or 1997 in our lives it was just it was so fun we felt like kids again and then seeing our friends get excited because we were excited but then again it's just a little tease like you said so it took a couple more months to really reform but yeah it was fun and they had never reformed up to that point like it's like i would never get that excited to see dx in 2019 because they've done 10 different dx reunions and they were all kind of lame, but the thought of them getting back together in 2006 and HBK, they teased it so long. HBK comes out and saves Triple H from the Spirit Squad, and I don't know if the two of us have ever marked out as hard together as we did watching that Raw together. Like, we were, like, jumping up and down on the couch when that happened. You remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Like, without question, I remember that. And, like, you're right, up to this point, I don't like 2006 a big mark out year for us because it's going to get even more marky as we get into the end of the, end of the year. Uh, we'll talk about that on a future episode. But um, yeah, man, like we were, man, I felt like I was just a kid again, you know, watching these two dudes. And like you said, it hadn't been done with them two, and those are the ones you want to see yes. together, you know. So yes. man, I, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget watching that at Raw at my apartment, and it was just, oh man, it was awesome, awesome stuff. Well, that'll take us to. The next week of June 23rd. And um, this night we have uh, Tatanka versus your boy, Simon Dean. Um, June 23rd? Yeah, that really happened. June 23rd, what year? <laughs> 1996. <laughs> I mean, 2006. Tatanka yeah. versus Simon Dean. <laughs> like, it's like the most. It looks like that could be on Raw in 1995. And like, 
the Fernwood yeah. gymnasium with like a thousand people in the crowd, man. It's just like, what am I watching? Yeah, Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or it's like it's like on random. Like if you just like uh, on GM mode on Raw vs. SmackDown 06, you just click like random match. It's like the Tonga vs. Simon Dean. I mean, so like, oh my who? god. <laughs> it's so cartoony. Yeah. Oh man, and Simon Dean hits a promo ahead of the match. It's just... It's just Simon Dean, man. It's, it's absurd and out of control and, and great. I can't even put it into words. It's, it's it's great, though, man. But um, during this match, we don't get to see the end of this epic encounter because, of course, old uh, Sourpuss himself, Kali, is going to come out. And Tatanka looks like he's seen a ghost, man, like it's something from his, his past. But um, I think he's just scared that, you know, the dead man's coming because he might die in the ring. Right. So, um. Yeah, uh, he gets on the apron and Kali does, and Tatanka starts chopping him. But of course, Kali just headbutts him one time and that knocks him down. And Kali no sells any offense and does that single arm lift that Undertaker does that we kind of rave about here that he first started doing back at WrestleMania X7. Um, so he steals a little move from Taker and does that. And then uh, Simon Dean begs off, but Kali does that double choke lift slam to him and then. Davari, uh, believe it or not, is standing in the corner. He does the old throat slash mock and taker. And um, Kali goes down to one knee and does the old, you know, as you coined it, the Shakespeare pose and does that. Or no, I'm sorry. He does the signature pin, excuse me, with Simon Dean's arms crossed over him and sticks his tongue out. And, bro, his tongue is as long as my daughter's like is like she it's like it's like a baby coming out of his mouth man it's like so it's like gene simmons or something it's out of control man so but yeah he's he's taking it a step further and mocking the dead man here so i tell you what as far as character development goes i can appreciate that i appreciate there's some story being told i'm trying to find some silver lining here because i just can't stand seeing this dude on my tv but um I agree. At least they're progressing the story. Yeah, man, it's yeah. it's uh, it's something, you know. I appreciate it. It's better than him just coming out and putting his foot on people and sticking his hands in the air. So, um, I got <laughs> I got no problem with it. I'm good with it. Yeah. Uh, June thirtieth, two thousand six. The next week, we're gonna see some more of that. Uh, Mister Kennedy is going to defeat Gunner Scott, a name Who? I did not expect to ever utter on this podcast. <laughs> what do you remember about Gunner Scott, who? Travis? Yeah. Uh, literally who? I had no idea who this guy was. When watched. I do not remember this dude. I had to look him up to see if he became Gunner in like TNA. He did not. He didn't do anything else, I don't think. So, in, I thought he was in Ring yeah, of Honor sweet. for a while. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, I feel like yeah, for some reason it, uh, Jay Stanley was a big fan of this guy, but uh, for some reason no. I, I don't know. It seems like because he looks like he'd be belong on WWE Saturday Night. So <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Kali's gonna come out and he's gonna squash Gunner like it is WWE Saturday Night. Beats him up, and then we yes. get uh, something way old, uh, back in the old bag of tricks uh, as Davari has a body bag with him. Just like Taker used to have back in the early 90s. And they roll Gunner into the body bag. And Kali poses with his foot on top of him there. So, again, nice change of pace. They're, they're, the Kali is the new dead man. 
the man who actually killed somebody, uh, <laughs> Great Kali, is right. now <laughs> right. burying people here. And then, dude, here's the highlight of the night. Davari challenges Undertaker to a match at the Great American Batch, a match that the Western world has never seen, the Punjabi prison match. And JBL earns his paycheck right here and busts something out that we haven't heard in ages on this podcast, Travis. He says, That's a pop card. Just got thrown out for The Undertaker. I popped watching this about as much as I did back in 2006 when DX reunited, man. I was so excited to hear him say that. Oh, yes. When I heard punk card, I rewound it, man. I was like, did he just say that for real? I could not believe it because we hadn't heard it in so long. So I had to rewind it. But, uh, yeah, man, I was stoked to hear punk card. And like you said, JBL earned his paycheck right there. At that point, favorite commentator ever. (laughs) Well, Kali, you know, he's learning the business real quick. He's already learning about throwing down punk cards and all that. So he's, he's starting to learn some things, you know, backstage. And he really throws one down here as he gets on one knee, does the classic Undertaker Shakespeare pose as the lights go out. We get that purple haze that we used to get from the Undertaker. And yeah, he's taunting them with throwing out that challenge. Uh, they don't tell us anything about the Punjabi prison on this night, but JBL, he says he's heard of <laughs> They it. don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, JBL, he's wrestled on five different continents. He's heard of that match, but he didn't know it was a real thing. Talking, acting like it's the Kumite from Bloodsport or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I got to throw a punk card down to Davari here real quick, man, because c- can we talk about the collars on his shirts for a second? Because they are, they are out of control, brother. They are, they're as long as Kali's tongue on each side of his, his suit. It's man. like two of Kali's tongues on the on his neckline. Outrageous. I don't understand where he got these. They're from like 1974. I don't know why he has such big collars on his shirt and his jacket. Leisure suit I don't Larry get it, out man. here. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he got those from. I wonder if he wears them backstage now that he's a producer at I WWE. I hope so. Kill him, he wears these. They're like flat on his jacket uh. too. Like I don't yeah. understand it. <laughs> Yeah, there's no volume to them at all. They don't stand. They're just flat collars on. They're just oh, ridiculous. Man. It bothers me um, so much. Yeah, it was terrible. Terrible fashion. Probably took tips from Kali. So. Maybe. Like, Bruh. oh, I'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to take us to the next week. Uh, Smackdown on uh, July 7th, 2006. And. Uh, Crystal Marshall is going to interview Tatanka and ask if he's uh, afraid of getting in the ring with Kali. And uh, he says, yeah, he's afraid, but he's going to show the spirit of the great Native American warrior. Um, You know, it's one of the most awe-inspiring opponents he's ever faced, but he knows how to face his fears. So, um, uh, nice try. But um, (laughs) we're going to see, later on, we're going to see Davari in his giant uh, neck, you know, collars. Uh, rubbing, groping a casket in the backstage, and he's like, gentlemen, get this casket to ringside. So, so we don't know who these gentlemen are, but they're just some, you know, nice guys that work backstage. So, And then later on, we see an, another small, like, uh, I guess, cameo. We see a commercial for WWE's tour of Puerto Rico, and they interview some people about their experiences, which yeah. they don't really do that too much anymore. I really 
enjoyed that back then. But yeah, they used to do they it had this fan talking about how much fun he had. And this fan is uh, none other than Primo Cologne <laughs> making his WWE TV debut. Yeah, so, quote unquote fan. Yeah. <laughs> they might have already been yeah, on the payroll fan. at this point. Probably. Well, I don't know if they still work there or not in this day and age. I, uh, I think they, they're still under contract They show up every, somehow. like, ten months. Right. So, well, they could, it's a nice they could gig. probably be let go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's some good PTO. So, they got that Undertaker contract. I, I'm so, seriously, um, man. With it. <laughs> yeah. Well, later on, the cast gets at ringside, and Davari comes out and introduces great Kali. And um, once again, JBL's like, That casket right there is called a punk card. He has punked out The Undertaker. And quite frankly, it's making me upset. Where is The Undertaker? Again, got to put over JBL. He's yeah, getting it over. It's great, man. And he is, man. He's bringing it back. So, um, Kali makes his entrance, and uh, Michael Cole discusses how Kali has been mocking the Undertaker over the past few weeks, and we get some replays of that. And then Davari says that Kali's going to bury the Undertaker at the Great American Bash, and tonight he's going to bury Tatanka. And um, he boots Tatanka off the apron before the match even begins, and we get a jump start on this Indian versus Indian match, according to JBL. So he says lots of other things that <laughs> I don't think I can repeat. My here. goodness. <laughs> and we got Indian versus Native American Indian. I don't know whether to yell for taxi or bingo. Great Kali is just, I mean, Tataka, big gulp or blackjack? <laughs> yeah, he's, who? He, yeah, he says some things I don't know if I should repeat, but they definitely made me giggle for a second. <laughs> so, uh, oh, man. Yeah, stuff like, yeah, never mind, I'll leave it. I'll leave it in the past. It, we Use don't your want imagination. To yeah, we'll go back just, and watch it because somehow it's still on the WWE Network. Yeah, once again, July 7th, 2006. Just listen to the commentary in this match and cringe with us. So, um, he hit, Kali hits a double choke lift slam and then his music hits. So, I guess there was no official match right. there. Couldn't possibly put Tatanka down for a loss here, Not even though he lost his first match ever to was it Bar- Baracus or something? <laughs> Baracus. <laughs> yeah, was that who it was? Ludwig Borga. <laughs> Ludwig Borga. I'm thinking BJ Bar- B. A. Baracus. B. A. Baracus. <laughs> oh, they both sucked. Anyway, um, I was thinking. Yeah, so isn't there's it a- uh, Mortal Kombat? Is that Baraka? Bar- Baraka, yeah, with the blade, blade arms, yeah. So, he'd been more entertaining than Brackus, Brackus, whatever his name was. Anyway, Tatanka can't afford the L here, so um, Kali's going to goozle him, and then Davari opens the casket, and I guess Kali's going to throw him in there, but at, before he can do so, this white light just peers out of this casket, smoke billows out, the Titan Tron kind of scrambles, and we get this voiceover. It said, There's an old adage that states, One should quit while he's ahead. At the Great American Bash, I will face you in your Punjab prison. And you will rest in peace. So, Taker's back, kind of, and uh, accepting the old Punjabi prison. Uh, challenge punk guard. So, yep. 
Well, he didn't get the memo on what it was either because he called it the Punjab prison. So <laughs> even he wasn't fully <laughs> right. sure what's going on here. Uh, right. But but yeah, I guess uh, I guess we're getting this man. We're heading into Great American Bash here, getting closer and closer. SmackDown, July fourteenth, two thousand six. Of course, this was you know back in the day when Raw and SmackDown were going still going back and forth on pay per views. So we're getting that longer build up yeah. in between them. And uh, this one, not too much on this episode, as Davari and Kali stand at the top of the rampway. Davari asks if Undertaker is afraid because all we heard was his voice last week, and no one has seen him since Judgment Day. And Davari asks for some signs of the Undertaker: the smoke, the lights, anything like that. And you know, be careful what you ask for, Davari, because the bell tolls, the lights go out. They come up in the ring, and Taker is standing right there. He's made his return, staring at Kali. And Davari asks if Taker thinks Kali is afraid. Taker responds by making the lightning crash and strike right down there in front of Kali. Davari takes a bump off of it, but Kali doesn't flinch. And he starts walking toward Kali, but Davari holds him back. And so it gets a nice pop from the crowd to see Undertaker back, but... Still just slowly teasing out this Punjabi prison match as the announcers continue to talk about how they have no idea what this match is, but it's so dangerous, it's so scary, it's so intimidating. And um, you know, the real highlight of this night, Travis, we get the blow off between that epic Mexico feud we talked about a couple weeks ago, and Super Crazy does pick up the win here over Psychosis on this night. So I, I know oh. everyone out there was wondering about that. Yeah, man, I was hanging on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I wonder of how course. that played out. So. Yeah, I tell you what, man. Uh, it is nice to see a character not be scared of Undertaker here. Like the like, it was neat to see the lightning crash in front of him, and he doesn't flinch. Like Randy Orton and Bob Orton would fall on their butts, and you know Mark Henry kind of didn't really show that fear, but um, you know Heidenreich did, and this all the stuff we talked about in the kind of recent past was that. So I will again. I'm trying to find the the bright light, the silver lining here, and it is cool. I just wish it wasn't Kali. I wish it was literally yes. anybody else. I'd have taken Davari, but like it's it's still Kali. But like still, as far as building his character up, they're doing a good job making him like a monster and not afraid of Taker. So I'm with you, man. Like the feud itself has not been that bad so far during this right. stage of it, but. Uh, you know the the, the match part not in the ring. <laughs> yeah, the the in ring stuff has been brutal, <laughs> but the feud with Taker and Kali's it's fine. Yeah, well, that's going to take us to the next night on Saturday night's main event. So coming yeah. back here, uh, Saturday night's main event on July fifteenth, two thousand six, and uh, Kali and Davari are in the ring, and Davari's putting over the Great American Bash match, and he calls out the one true giant of WWE. And is interrupted by the Big Show's music. Mm. And uh, at this point, Big Show comes out with Paul Heyman, and he is now the ECW champion. Because <laughs> those of you who, yeah, take that sentence again. Big Show is now the ECW champion. So, And how did yeah. that happen? He, he won the title back on July 4th, actually, uh, because RVD was on top of the wrestling world as the ECW and WWE champion. And then he got high. <laughs> so, uh, then he got high. His... Then he got high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, going to be the ECW champ. 
We nearly got high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, going to win over John Cena and nearly got high. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a crazy match with him and Cena. But uh, we, I know you and I were, again, marking out because our boy RVD was the champion of the world, man. Oh, yeah. Like, it was awesome. And then he blew it. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe no one has ever blown it bigger than that, dude. Just uh I agree. He lost both titles two nights later. I mean, one night after the mm-hmm. other, and was never champion again after that in WWE. At least you know he held the Impact Mm-mm. title a couple times, I believe. But yeah, so man, what? Such a <laughs> yeah. such a shame. Yeah. So um yeah, ECW champion Big Show comes out and um he puts over how big Kali is, and he literally says, "I'm here to put you over." <laughs> like yep. he says that, which I think is hilarious. So um. Uh, and he puts himself over as the only man to hold the WCW, WWE, and ECW title. So, a little fun fact for you there. Yeah. Um, even though it's not the real ECW title, we all know that. But still, it is kind of neat for him it's to have neat. that feather in his cap. Because so. he's the yeah, he's the only just one. Just too bad it's the big show. <laughs> like even after this, he's yeah. the only one, right? Yeah, because sure. Christian Christian never held the WWE title. Um, I can't think of anybody else who would have even had the option so yeah. well i you know because rvd didn't hold those so yeah no. so this will be it so that's crazy mm-hmm. isn't it <laughs> yeah but um he says one day they'll have they'll they'll have a battle to find out who the true giant is but tonight i'm gonna put you over and he's never seen anyone take care of taker the way that kali has and pin him he says you know with one foot on his chest and at this point you know they're, they're talking about it and the gong hits the lights go out the purple haze comes up not the song but the purple lights and Undertaker strolls out, and he is strolling just like old times, taking his sweet time on Saturday night's main event <laughs> right. to get to the ring. Yeah, he removes his jacket and his hat and undresses. He's ready for business. And um, as he does, the Big Show throws his hands up, and then Taker starts punching away on Kali. He just goes ahead and gets Kali out of the way, just clotheslines him over the top rope. So it's like the less physicality, the better here. Right. And – um. <laughs> yeah, at that point, Big Show um, kind of unloads on Taker from behind, and Taker ducks a clothesline and tries to choke slam Kali and Big Show, but they kind of reverse that and they stop him and give him a double choke slam. So they're both picking up mm. uh, Taker and choke slamming him. Yeah, JBL with his words of wisdom says that the dead man just said naughty night. Has wrong for the last time, Michael. The dong is wrong for the last time. <laughs> so that's what he calls it. I'm, right? not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what he was watching. Is he referring oh, to Undertaker's man. music or something else? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, later on. Uh, backstage, we see Todd Grisham making his debut, as far as I can recall here, um, on this show at least. Um, he oh, interviews yeah, Big I Show about so. what we just saw, and yeah, I haven't, we haven't said his name yet, so <laughs> I guess he's here. Yippee! Good old Tool Grisham, <laughs> but he, <laughs> yeah, he interviews Big Show, and Big Show says that Kali has Taker's number, but he's not the ECW champion, and Big Show is going to challenge the Undertaker to come. 
to ECW on Sci-Fi and for an ECW title match next Tuesday. And then once he's done with Taker, Kali can have what's left for Great American Bash. <laughs> Little does he know. <laughs> <laughs> A little foreshadowing there. As uh, yeah. we approach maybe one of the most surreal moments in The Undertaker's career here. And yeah. uh, we're going to give it a little bit of the short shrift here on this episode. Uh, but this is ECW, July 18th, 2006. The Undertaker is going to appear on ECW. Uh, one of two times that he appeared on ECW. Come again? Yes. The Undertaker, the legend, the cornerstone of the WWE going to appear on ECW, and yes, it's the WWE CW on Sci-Fi. It's not the real ECW, but it's still, it's still surreal. It's still bizarre. It's still crazy. Yeah. Um, Travis, you and I, we've talked about this. We're actually going to do sort of a bonus episode, and we're going to cover The Undertaker's two ECW matches and talk about our experience at the December to Dismember pay-per-view, the travesty there that we got to witness in person in our hometown of Augusta, Georgia. Uh, we have so many fun stories about that pay-per-view that doesn't involve The Undertaker, but you know we would we want to talk about him on a podcast, so we're going to cover his two ECW matches and cover that uh, on a bonus episode that will we will roll out uh, around Christmas time uh, here in a few weeks. So yeah. We'll cover this match more in-depth there when we get to it. Uh, long story short, um, Show and Taker, they have a pretty long match here in the main event that ends with Kali interfering, and then they hit that double choke slam on Undertaker again through the announce table as Joey Styles screams, Oh my God! And uh, Kali stands tall over Undertaker heading into the pay-per-view this coming Sunday, but... Man, just uh, we, like I said, we'll talk more about it later, but just kind of what are your thoughts when you think of The Undertaker appearing on even this version of ECW? It's surreal, man. Like, I, it really is. It'd be like him showing up on NXT now, you know? Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. Except yeah. NXT is actually good. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, it's like a, as far as a third brand goes. Like, yeah, if it'd Taker be like him showed up, up in on NXT. Sale, man, that yeah. Would be yeah. Yeah. That'd be crazy. So yeah, it was um definitely you know you got you got to understand this is not the real ECW. It's WWE's version, but you know I hung I hung my hat on this show for like a year and a half, two years. Man, I loved this show. It was just something different, man. I liked seeing the old ECW originals. I loved seeing the young talent. Obviously, a young fellow named CM Punk. You and I will talk about as we get to December, December. But you know, I hung on every word he said. You know, and, and big fan of his and. Um, anyway, but yeah, it was different. But um, I think the week after this is when the crowd turns on. I think it's when Batista yes. and uh, <laughs> Big Show yeah. and the crowd just yeah, crowds on it. But I tell you what, though, that goes to show that because they're in this match uh, with Taker and and Big Show, they don't do that. You know, they don't because it's Taker. You know, so yeah, I think the week before anyway, yeah, he it was uh, faced Ric Flair in that bloodbath too. Yeah, oh, bloodbath, man. Whew. Yeah. But you Crazy, know, man. I, I yeah. agree with you, man. We were we loved this show. We watched it together a lot too. And mm -hmm. you know, if it had been called anything other than ECW, I think people 
would have yes. been bigger supporters of it. It would have a much fonder mm-hmm. yeah. memory and legacy. But the fact that they called it ECW and they're a month into it now and the main event is Big Show versus Undertaker on something that's supposed to be right. ECW is just that epitomizes why it failed. Right. And that'll that train will keep rolling in the December dismember and we'll get there in a couple of weeks. But yeah. We'll talk more about it then. But yeah, you're right. If they had called it literally anything else, it, literally, yeah. I mean, anything, <laughs> they could have just called it Extreme De- Extreme World Wrestling Entertainment, or anything. ELE. Anything. You know, could have called it ELE. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, great. So, I don't know, man. Could call it WCW, honestly. It would have been fine. But <laughs> they didn't. So, yeah. shot themselves in the foot. But anyway, it was fun. Fun times. But that'll take us to the next week of SmackDown, the go-home show for Great American Bash, which is kind of funny. I got to thinking they actually would have filmed this before ECW aired because they filmed SmackDown on Tuesday and then ECW aired live right after that, which makes sense why we saw what we saw in ECW because on SmackDown, we don't see Taker. Um, it's the go-home show for the Great American Bash. Davari comes out. He's hype, hyping up the Punjabi prison match. And um, he says that uh, there's going to be no way for the Undertaker to escape. But then, ironically, the only way to win this match is to escape. <laughs> so, okay. uh, don't know. But it's the most violent thing ever witnessed in the Western world. And then shows a hype video recapping Kali's dominance over the last three months and all the uh, people on the roster he's destroyed. And we see some brief clips of like a bamboo cage interspersed in there, and um, that's about it. So, uh, with no information as far as to what the rules are, what a Punjabi prison is, but JBL's doing his darndest. You know, at some some points he says he wrestled on six continents. Sometimes he says he wrestled on five. But he's he's you know I've heard of this match. I've heard of it. It's got a legend, but I've never seen one. So he's trying, you know, to that's what you got to do. You got to, you know, build it up. But I don't think the company had a clue what they were actually going to build or do. But um, we'll talk about that in just a minute here, too. So they definitely got the mystery going here. It's something they've done with Undertaker matches a lot in the past where they've told you this new match and then you don't find out. You got to buy the pay-per-view to find out what it is, which I'm okay with that. Uh, as we head into the Great sure. American Bet, oh, hang on a second. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Not so fast, friends. Uh, this is famously, we'll try to break it down as much as we can, but it's kind of weird. Even 13 years later, it's still, yeah. you know, no one still really knows what happened here. But famously, I believe it was the day before the pay-per-view, I actually found... An article that was archived on WWE.com when I was looking at stuff today that was the announcement that Bobby Lashley had been pulled oh, for the pay-per-view. Cool. And it was June 22nd, 2000, or July 22nd, 2006. So okay. I guess it came out that day, maybe the day before. I remember reading about it. But Bobby Lashley, Super Crazy, and The Great Kali are all going to be removed from The Great American Bash. They all have matches on this card. And not medically cleared to compete due to a phrase I will never forget in my life, but I had never heard in my life before this. <laughs> Elevated liver enzymes. No, never <laughs> since then, man. I mean, just, I never, what is that? What does that even mean? 
I don't know, man. There's so much speculation about, is it have to do with hep C tests? Does it have to do with <laughs> steroids? Does it have to do with, you know, whatever it might be, some kind of illegal medication they were on? Because they didn't, they had a wellness policy, but it wasn't quite as stringent as it would become after 2007 and eight, and what happens in the company. But, you know, it, yeah, that's just a, uh, elevated liver enzymes, pal. Like, I don't know, like, what the deal was. Yeah, one of those weird Vince-isms, like, medical yeah. facility. He always comes up with weird injuries. Yeah. And so, these elevated yeah. liver enzymes, man. But, dude, who would have ever thought hepatitis C would become such a running storyline on this podcast? Right. <laughs> right. I know. You know, Bob, Bob Wharton to thank for that. So, yeah. Hep uh, C, are you with me? <laughs> Well, Travis, you've also got some. You you did some research too, and found some yeah. possible explanation for this uh, from one of the guys who was uh, he didn't test positive for it, but had some firsthand knowledge of it. Yeah, I um actually I literally listened to this podcast back when it aired in 2017, I think. But there's a there's an excerpt from it's it's Sean Devari and Ken Kennedy or, or whatever Ken Anderson. We're on the Wrestling Inc. podcast on in um, July of 2017. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this was right before they did the Punjabi prison match with um, Randy Orton. Uh, and, and gender. And that dude. Gender. Was that the case, maybe? It may not, I may be off a year, but anyway, I do know that um, they were talking about it. And so um, Davari says that he's like, yeah, I remember being there for the first Punjabi prison match. And he said, those things are terrible. He said that... Um, you know, they were supposed, supposed to be great Kali and Taker, but Big Show got injected because he said there was a hepatitis C blood test that didn't come back in time. According to Davari, he says right. they tested Monday or Tuesday Tuesday after SmackDown. The tests were supposed to come back before the pay-per-view, but for some reason, Bobby Lashley's uh, Super Crazies and Great Kali's did not come back in time. So the the company's going to do an angle to remove that and to remove him, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But um, but then Davari goes on to talk about how you know he's like you know we promoted this thing, and he said it's kind of like a Dusty Rhodes thing. Like he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take you on in the uh, bunkhouse brawl match, and they have no idea what that means when Dusty Rhodes just makes it up, you know. Right. So he said, you know, they advertise the stuff. The company, he said, WWE didn't even build it. They had some outside company building it, and then the day before the pay per view, they go to like this warehouse and they have or a soundstage in indianapolis and they have the this giant wood cage around this like a wrestling ring and he says he goes up and he touches it and punches it and it's solid steel mm. he's like it's not bamboo it's solid metal and they pay the dude to like paint it to look like bamboo yeah you know so it's basically just a cage and it's all it is a blue bark steel cage basically but then he explained something that was really cool. He said for him to watch was like he said Pat Patterson was there, and he said at this point the day before the pay per view they don't have a structure for the match. They don't even know what the rules are. He said Pat Patterson was walking around. He's like, oh, why don't maybe like there's a little cage with four little doors and a big hell in the cell cage outside. He says, what if doors open once and then they shut every sixty seconds and once they shut they don't want to reopen again. That way you can kind of create a false finish and Taker can get out or Big Show can get out. And then when the last one opens, you throw him back in. And he, he just kind of goes on over and over about it. But like Davari talks about how cool it was to see Pat Patterson just come up with that like on the spot. Like 
how, and we'll and we'll talk about as we break the match down how that plays into the finish of the match. But he says, you know, it was just so cool to see the process playing out in front of him with Pat Patterson's genius. But um, again, not a big fan of it. He said it sucked. It really hurt. And um, yeah, he says that they were all pulled out of these matches, and because um, that elevated liver enzymes, he doesn't know what it is. But apparently. On Monday, the day after the pay-per-view, they all came back and were negative, and they were cleared to wrestle. So, weird. That is weird. And, man, it's so cool to hear that, that Dusty Rhodes, Pat Patterson stuff. I'm going to have to go listen to this because, I mean, that, that, that totally makes sense when you hear, like, oh, this is a Dusty yeah. Rhodes thing. It's like, oh, of course it's a Dusty Rhodes thing. Like, yeah. Dusty Rhodes <laughs> did some great things, but he did some really ridiculous things, too. And this just seems like one of his... Certainly. Uh, Something he cooked up that is not fully cooked, I guess you could say here. And uh, it's cool to yeah. obviously hear them just making it up as they go along with Patterson and all that. And uh, uh, But the one thing I don't buy of that story from Davari, which obviously, I mean, it's his story. He can say what he wants. But um, something doesn't click, like with him saying they didn't get the test back. And so that's why they pulled them off the paper. Right. Like, I, I got to think he's maybe remembering it. Maybe they had a retest. Like, maybe they tested right. and they had these super high liver enzymes. And so then they retested them and couldn't get the retest back from the pay-per-view. Because right. I don't see any reason why they pulled them from the pay-per-view if j- just because they didn't have the test results yet. Like, he has to be talking about right. they failed a test and retested and didn't get it back. Like, that would make sense to me. Right. Or if it was literally for Hep C and they had to clear him, but they weren't going to get any blood. I don't know. So who knows? No, I don't know what like, the deal is, but yeah. yeah. I mean, the hepatitis C thing, that is something that has to do with elevated liver enzymes, but also apparently it can have to do with steroids. And I mean, just look at yeah. Bobby Lashley and, and Great Kali during this time. <laughs> uh, maybe not super crazy as much, but <laughs> look at those two guys and... Uh, you know, there's definitely, that was definitely the speculation and the rumor at that time. And as you mentioned, the wellness policy had been put into effect after Eddie Guerrero's passing. And so this was kind of one of the big, first big busts, uh, in regards to that, um, allegedly. So, well, yeah. And not only that, like this pay-per-view snake bit from day one, because I mean, you got all three of these guys that again, uh, they're in matches on the pay-per-view, whether they're big matches or not. I mean, this Punjabi prison match is one of the main matches on the card, you know. And then Mark Henry tears his, like, MCL or something at at uh, Saturday Night's main event right. a week before the show. Yeah. He, like, pops his patella tendon or something like that. And he has a huge match with Batista that's been building since January, you know. Like, that's long-term storytelling because Batista's been out. he just come back. And, like, this is supposed to be his first match back, and I felt so bad for Mark Henry having to get pulled from that, too. So they got four of their main performers, you know, from matches being pulled off this mat, off this card. And it's just – this. there's something about Great American Bash in WWE that is just – no matter what happens. So. <laughs> well, you know, much like that episode of SmackDown a couple weeks ago where the entire roster was stuck in Saudi Arabia and – they had to pull people up from yeah. NXT and everything. The show must go on here as the Certainly. entire card uh, subject to change and is going to change completely here on July 23rd, 2006. Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. And man, it's uh, it's all going to go out the window here. But they're still teasing and still pretending that this Punjabi prison match is going to go on as planned because it's still in the opening video package. 
and uh, we are going to see how they get out of this match as Kali and Davari, uh, we get a backstage segment of them just screaming at each other backstage. Um, Kali apparently wants to just go attack Undertaker right now, and Davari's telling him to wait for the match, and Kali just picks Davari up like a child and holds him up in the air for a little bit as the segment ends. Yeah. <laughs> that was just like so uh, stupid. Like something out of the Simpsons to me. It was hilarious. Like it looked like Homer picking up Bart or something. <laughs> uh, it was funny. But then later on, we see them looking for Undertaker backstage, and I guess Devar's given in to Kali's demands. So, and then in a scene from like I don't know the Phantom Menace, we see like Taker's shadow appear on the wall, <laughs> you know. And then um, I don't know, and he he um, excuse me, he t- uh, turns around to Devari. And throws Davari around, and then he eyes Kali, and he's like, you looking for me? And then suddenly, out of nowhere, because I guess Kali can't get physical because of his failed mm. test or whatever right. it is, Big Show comes out of nowhere and attacks Taker. And Kali just kind of stands there, like literally stands there. And finally, at the end of this beatdown, he gives him one little kick to the head. So I, I could only speculate personally that he was told to do nothing because, yeah. I mean, I don't know how physical they could get. Because even Bobby Lashley later on in the pay-per-view is going to come out in his wrestling gear, but not get physical. So, man, did you do you think they were planning on doing something else with Undertaker or Big Show, or did they just get lucky that they had done sort of that little tease over the past few weeks, just because Big Show's a giant, and so they did that to kind of build up this match? I think you're spot on. I think it just fell in their lap. It just happened happened to be a happy accident that this all turned out and they kind of had this big show, you know, side angled in their, you know, in their back pocket to fall back on. So, I mean, and good for them. I mean, so yeah, I don't know. It, it, it worked work out because again, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. It's not what's advertised. Somehow it's an upgrade, but it doesn't make sense. But I mean, it, it, excuse me, it does make sense though. So it's weird. Well, we get a video package for this match that is 100% not happening. And, uh, still pretending like it is. As yeah. Kali, Big Show, and Davari are walking around backstage smiling. And Teddy Long, man, he's not going to stand for any injustice against The Undertaker. So he stops them, says he's going to punish them for meddling in his match, and he's going to change the match from Big Show to Undertaker now in the great Kali's signature match that they've spent thousands upon thousands of dollars crafting and creating it's now going to be the big show versus the undertaker it's so absurd dude uh and big show's pissed off about it i don't know nothing about a punjabi prison mat you think you're pretty damn smart don't you getting big show to do your dirty work for you well i'm gonna tell you something player that ain't gonna work for me now tonight in your punjabi prison match there's only going to be one man that's going to meet the Undertaker. That's right. And that one man is going to be the great you. Make the match. 
So I suggest to you, big man, that you get no, the stepping no, because no, the match no, is next. I don't you know what you're talking about. Who dropped the match? No, no, wait, what? Oh, this is not, what are you talking about? This is not even my match. It's Ditto. Yeah, exactly. You know, now we see it. It's it's lowered to the ring. This structure like you talked about it's uh, how would you describe it man well they describe it as a 16 foot inner bamboo cage but it's like uh it's like a regular cage around the ring and then you got this 20 foot outer bamboo octagon i mean i think it was octagon um and the top of the cages have these yeah yeah no roof on them they're not cells the top of the cages have these barbs or spikes, which they call razor sharps, and put that in your memory bank because we're going to come back to that in a minute. But um, and yeah, the the inner cage just around the ring has these four doors on it, one on each side, obviously, and we'll talk about how that plays into the the match because the rule the referee is going to or no, I'm sorry, Michael Cole is going to stand up uh, a few years before the anonymous GM and tell us the rules of the match. Ladies and gentlemen. This is the first ever Punjabi prison match. And the rules of the match are as follows. The interior structure consists of four doors, each one attended by a referee. Each door will be raised when called for by a competitor. The door will remain open for only 60 seconds. The outer structure has no doors whatsoever. So the only way to win the Punjabi prison match is by escaping both structures. If you have to go through that many rules to get to the match, it's too much, man. Like, the best type of stipulation matches... Exactly, man. Like, if you have to (laughs) spend more than two sentences explaining the rules of the match, it's too complicated. Like... Ladder match. Mm-hmm. You climb up the ladder and pull the belt down. That's it. It's great. Cage match. You climb out or you pin the person. Great. Awesome. Last man standing. First man to get up. Uh, they can't answer the 10 count. Awesome. Great. Love it. First blood. First person to bleed. I got it. Punjabi prison. Let me get my uh, a scroll out and read <laughs> Spend the next thirty minutes explaining the rules to you. It's like the penalty box, yeah, the king of like the mountain to... in TNA. Yeah, all that crap. <laughs> yes. No, the Forty uh, ers Gold Rush match yeah. in WCW. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the Big Show. He comes out and he is not happy. He honestly looks like he's about to cry. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I-, I thought I remembered him being like this extreme champion, super serious, or like. He's got a lot of, like, nuance and stuff here, though. He's, like, literally about to cry, like, selling the his fear of this match and the fact that he's in it, which I thought was a little bit counterintuitive uh, to his character at the time. So, but, I don't know, whatever. I guess it worked here. He's got, like, 650 pounds of nuance, man. This is the really, <laughs> yeah, it's a really big, big show, show, dude. He is, this 2006 <laughs> yeah. run is, is as big as he ever got. Yeah, he's huge, man. But yeah, the, he's kind of eyeballing the structure. He shakes it as as he goes in there, and then Taker's music hits, and the lights go down low. Again, we have JBL and Cole and commentary, and Taker enters through the smoke and stares down Big Show. And as Big Show's looking back, he's again kind of just like almost to tears, and he's 
kind of you know shaking his head and not really excited about being in the match with Taker. And uh, as Taker gets in there, he walks around the outer structure and it lowers behind him, and he makes his way around the entire ring. And uh, Taker looks like a, excuse me, Big Show looks like a big old sad panda there in the ring. And <laughs> Taker removes his stuff and then crawls through the opening, and it's gangbusters from here on out. Yeah, man. Uh, we we do see out in between the two cages on the floor. There's like a table with weapons out there. And yes. Like kendo Sorry. sticks or bamboo sticks or something. I don't even know what it is. And you know, it's just this bizarre aura, man. It's uh, I, I gotta give you were crediting Big Show for his uh, for his character here. I, I give kudos to both these guys because this whole thing is just mm-hmm. absurd. One of the strangest things. Undertaker's ever walked into, which is kind of crazy to say, but uh, and, and and it's totally changed the match, changed the plans, you know, hours before the show, and they're just rolling with it, man. They're rolling with this absurdity, and um, we're gonna we're probably gonna trash it here, I imagine, but uh, I, I give credit to these guys for for doing what they can with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and like you say, it, it does make sense storyline wise, you know. It actually somehow made sense. They just kind of fell into this, but. Like I said, Big Show immediately attacks Taker as he slides in. And there is a cameraman in between the two layers of cages, which is good because otherwise, dude, these wide shots from the hard cam, you can't see Jack squat, man. Nah, you you, you, you can't see anything. You dude. said like Hollywood people made this, and you could tell it was not wrestling people because it was not right. set up for great visuals. Yeah. And um, so, like I said, luckily the shots from the cameraman in between the two cages, those are the best shots we're going to get. Um, but the, these guys is so much just punching and kicking, and uh, these guys are punching. The crowd's really hot for Taker at the beginning, um, and he's gonna get the upper hand. Then Big Show does, and then Taker's on the apron, and Big Show is like slamming him in between the apron and the bamboo, like you would in a regular cage match. And when it rattles, you can tell it's metal. Right. <laughs> tell it's not bamboo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you um, can also tell that these razor sharp spikes that are jutting out from the top of the cage yeah. are nothing as uh undertaker uh, gets stopped by them and then just kind of shoves them out of the way and pushes them <laughs> aside and just completely no sells them there um there's also like a oh, leather yeah. leather straps hanging down from the top of the cage too which they kind of use as a weapon from time to time uh big show climbs up the cage and sort of crotches Undertaker uh, on the rungs of the cage here as JBL brings up the barbed wire cage match he had with Big Show a few years ago and says this is way yeah. worse than that and uh, I completely agreed with him. <laughs> yeah, it's way worse than that somehow. So yeah, he brings that up and he also brings up that two years ago at Great American Bash, the Undertaker buried his own mentor, you know, in the concrete crypt. Oh so. yeah. Thanks for him for continuity. So three yeah, of the again, worst another matches of, of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at least JBL's paying attention. Yeah, he's not insulting their intelligence. It's uh, continuity. Uh, so yeah, I do good. appreciate that. So, but yeah, like you said, when Taker is crotched on the top and Big Show's kind of choking him with that leather strap, the crowd's chanting, "You know, Undertaker." So you know, he's just got, he's just got that built-in. You know, you put him in a match, no matter who he's against. Crowd's gonna be into it because he's Taker, you know. 
So For that's sure. the good and, news. You know, I'm, I'm sure this was neat to see in person. Like, I'm sure it was a cool visual. It's unique. You're like, no one knows what it's expecting. It's it's the first time we've ever seen this. The whole structure is enormous. So uh, it was probably mm-hmm. interesting for the crowd to see. Uh, I'm not sure how well they could see what was happening in the ring. But yeah, right. there you go. Yeah, so then we're going to get clotheslines from Big Show, elbows and kicks from him. Taker's fighting now with some kicks and punches. Big Show's on the apron now, and Taker's ramming his back into the bamboo, quote-unquote bamboo. Splashes him on the apron two times, then he gets called in third, and uh, Big Show tries to choke slam Undertaker, but Taker reverses it into a DDP for a big old pop from the crowd. And then things get interesting where we actually see the structure start to build into the match here. That's right. Taker's going to ask for the first door to be opened. So referee Charles Robinson opens it up, and the 60-second timer comes up on the clock here. But Big Show, obviously, he stops Undertaker here. Instead of uh, crawling out, he just beats up the Undertaker some more. And so that door closes. Uh, We hear a a gong go off, a literal gong this time. Not the Undertaker's gong, uh, but an actual gong. Uh, to signify that that door can no longer be opened again. Uh, this is just all so over the top and silly. And again, there when the when the uh, numbers are counting down, the crowd ch- you know chants ten, they nine, do. eight, yeah. seven, and down to zero. So like, there's something you know I got to give them credit for trying something. The, the, them being the company, and again, if what Devari said was true. The day before, Pat Patterson came up with false finishes for this match. You know, like that's one thing that builds you into the drama of a match is a false finish. And somehow he pulled one out of his butt and he made these false finishes in this match with these doors opening. So I got to give kudos to Pat Patterson for that. So absolutely, I mean, I'll, I'll but that door that. is closed for good. For good, you can't open it back up again here. As Big Show is choking out Taker with that leather strap, he. Tries to take off a turnbuckle, but Undertaker stops him, and then Taker hits a uh, something here, man. It's like a modified Pez press, a jumping, flying hip, maybe like uh, Naomi's finishing move. I don't know what this is that Taker hits on Big Show, but rear he takes view. him down. Yeah. It's, it's the rear view <laughs> on Big Show. Yeah, some kind of malfunction there. And, and then Big Show goes for the old school, but of course, this is the first time he does it, so... Big Show throws him off the top rope. And then Big Show calls for a door to be open. And he tries to escape. And Taker stops him and slides partially out. But Big Show drags him back in by his ankle. And Taker's kicking him. Big Show choke slams Undertaker with only four seconds left of the countdown. And he tries to slide out. By the timer hits zero, the door shuts. And uh, we hear the gong again. And there are only two options left now. And I just I love Taker or Big Show's response here. He's like, whoa. What? He's like, he's so mad at the referee. I can't remember who it was, but he's like, I was almost there. But like, it was, just, it was great. He's trying, man. They're both trying here. As Undertaker gets busted open now, uh, what else are you going to do here in this match to try to get people interested? Going to have some blood in here. Big Show headbutts him to try to open up that cut some more. And the crowd is still staying involved. They got some Big Show sucks chants ringing out through the crowd as he keeps headbutting Undertaker. And then. You know, here's where the logic just you know falls apart for me. As Big Show now, he's trying to climb out for some reason instead of asking for another one of the doors to be opened. And that's the thing here. It's like you've got 
the doors, but you can also climb out. So it, it never yeah. quite fully makes sense, like why we should care about the doors being opened here, because that razor sharp spikes or don't give us that, you know, that same drama. Because uh, right. you know they just swat them aside. They're supposed to be keeping them in there, but they don't. But uh, the real point of this is to get Big Show up on the top rope for Undertaker to head up top and hit a superplex on him. Uh, yeah, although yeah. The, the ring does stay intact this time. It's not a Brock Lesnar level superplex. Right, and a- after that superplex, uh, Taker calls for a third door to open. He he rolls out, and time expires on the third door as he goes to scale the outer structure. So he's out. There's one more door that can open, but Big Show can't go out door number one, two, or three. And so he's stuck with uh, door number four. But um, <laughs> like, oh, one thing I want to so go what? back to. Just... That's the whole right, point. Yeah. Okay. He went out the one other door. Go... Now he's just left yeah, with the fourth door. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay. So the false finishes worked at first, but then it's like they don't really work when you get to the end of that here. So... But I want to take it back for just two seconds when you're talking about Taker getting getting busted open. Uh, JBL says that when you get your head hit on an exposed turnbuckle, it feels like getting hit by a brick bat. A what? <laughs> like, what's a brick? What's a brick bat? It's like, <laughs> that would hurt to get hit with a bat yeah. made out of brick. I gotta give you that. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Cole, you know, like I was putting over JBL for his continuity. Michael Cole reminds us that ten years ago in this city. Takers in their very first buried alive match, so you know, very good on them. Yeah, again, Takers been lots of first, the first Punjabi prison, the first Concrete Crypt, the first what's what was the Goldust Final Curtain match, the first (laughs) uh, what was the Executioner match? Oh yeah, all kind of. He's had so many of them, man. Yeah, I I thought your favorite part would be JBL like constantly comparing this to Jurassic Park. I thought you would pop for that. (laughs) Yes. I did. I did. Yeah. He's like, it's like something out of Jurassic Park. So, is it got in there, King Kong? So, I can just hear, Mal- uh, you know, Dr. Malcolm saying that. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I did appreciate it. But he said it like way too much. He though. said it a lot. Yep. Yeah. Well, but again, back to the story here. Taker is out of the out of the third door, climbing the outer structure. So, that's putting us into where we're at here. So, go ahead. Well, Big Show, you know, that third door's closed, so Undertaker's out of the ring, so Big Show can just climb right out of the fourth <laughs> door now. It's like, There you go. Kind of dumb. But he knocks Taker down off of the outer structure and grabs the table that's on the outside and just heaves Undertaker through it. And then this is a nice little false finish spot like we talked about here as he picks up Undertaker and rolls him back into the ring before that fourth door can close for good. Then that fourth door shuts, so now Undertaker is stuck in the ring. None of the doors can be opened again. Big Show's on the outside, and how could Undertaker ever climb over those razor-sharp spikes at the top of the cage now? As JBL's talking about, oh, it's you know tragic to see the Undertaker a shell of himself here. It's sad to watch him in this state. Um, even though Undertaker's been basically dominating this entire match. Yes, the whole match. He's been on top, basically. Big Show's fighting from underneath. It's crazy. But yeah, he's been dominating, but he keeps saying he's a shell of his former self. But And uh, he shows us just how much of a shell he is when he just scales this inner inner uh, cage and just, like you said, brushes this quote-unquote razor-sharp barbs aside and just climbs over the top rope. And he's going to climb over, or not the top rope, the top of the cage, climbs over it, and 
is climbs onto the outside um the outside cage as big show is also climbing up it but he climbs up at like mega speed man yes like he is just over it yeah <laughs> he hops straight up there and then there's a so many gimmicks on this cage there's like a tarzan rope on the structure and so undertaker grabs it <laughs> Swings like he's Pirate Paul Burchill into into Big Show, knocks him off, and then hits my favorite move of the whole match as Big Show is crouching down, uh, leaning over one of these tables on the outside, and Undertaker just runs up and hits a Famouser on Big Show through the yeah. table. Never seen him do anything like that before, but I loved it. Dude. I love it, man. He's a swashbuckler, man. He yeah, kicks him off and hits that famous sir. It was awesome, dude. I love that famous sir through the table. Why does he not do that more often? Um, it was great, man. He's still innovating. 16 years in, he's still yeah. busting out new moves. Well, Big Show gets busted open. Speaking of busting out, he gets busted open here. So they're now both, both bleeding, and they kind of stumble around the ring as Taker is bouncing Big Show's head off of the, the cages, the inside and the outside one. And then we hear the crowd start booing. And I was like, yeah, about time. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> but uh, we see they're actually booing Kali and Davari, who don't come out on the ramp, the entrance ramp. They come out through the crowd, um, making their way downtown to the to the Punjabi prison. So. Yeah, we see Kali and Davari walking through the crowd, and then we head back to the cage. Undertaker j- climbs up on the inner cage and dives onto Big Show with this crossbody block. And that leaves Big Show to fall back into the outer cage with Undertaker on top of him. And they both go stumbling out through the cage with the Big Show landing on his back. Undertaker landing on top of him. The bell rings and Undertaker wins? Question mark? Like, it looks like (laughs) Big Show escaped first, but I gotta say that Undertaker won. Yeah, they say taking one at 21 and a half minutes, but yeah, it looked to me like Big Show hit first. I don't know if maybe his, I don't know how they how they play it up, but somehow they say taking one. And I'll tell you what, man, it was the agile, like, crossbody off that thing against uh, on the Big Show. Like, I like that spot. It was cool. It was a cool way to get out of it because you got to think, you know, what are they going to do with this? You know, how are they going to end it? How are they going to get out of the cage? And uh, I do like the, you know, whoever came up with that spot to end it. Again, it didn't execution was a little bit funky just because you couldn't really see what's going on. And you always run that risk when you do that kind of stuff or the roll rumble, both feet touch at the same time thing when it comes to timing. But as far as Taker climbing up and jumping off of it on the cross body, it was awesome. Well, dude, the big show got screwed at a Royal Rumble 2000 when uh, Rock's yeah. feet hit first that night and he gets screwed out of the Punjabi prison here. Uh, Cole on commentary, he tries to cover for it and says, it looks like all of Undertaker's body got through the structure while Big Show didn't, uh, which I guess maybe his feet were still in the structure area and, uh, they don't show any replays of that finish. So you can tell maybe they didn't quite work out like they wanted to, but whatever. Uh, Kali and Divari, meanwhile, are climbing up the other side of the cage and are just dumbfounded by this finish somehow as Undertaker points at Kali. He does the throat slash as Big Show. He's he's going for his Emmy Award here as he's just on his knees crying and screaming as the blood pours yeah. down his face. Uh, it's kind of a cool visual there. 
it is, man. Like I said, it really takes away from his whole extreme giant character, but he's got good character work as far as, like, he's overwhelmed. He's got blood on his hands all over his face. He's literally crying about his loss here. It puts over the severity of the match. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. Put over how severe this Punjab prison match because I'm sure they invested a ton of beans into this structure. So they want to get their money's worth and use it more than once. So. Yeah, they do, man. And they will end up using it more than once, shockingly, here. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that when the day comes. How would you rate this, dude? How would you say this first ever Punjabi prison lived up to the hype? Uh, it definitely exceeded the hype because I thought Kali was going to be in it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, but um, it's slow. It's plotting. But I can imagine how worse it would have been. But, I, man, I can't in good faith like recommend this match to somebody. Like, you know, I don't know. It's not one of Taker's top 60 matches. So that's for sure. What about you? Yeah, I mean, all the credit in the world to Taker and Big Show for yeah. stepping into this, especially on short notice. and. Um, I'm sure they used some of the same spots and ideas that they were going to use with Kali, but still, it's a totally different thing here. And uh, it's it's interesting, you know, another weird connection, SummerSlam 2000. I think Taker was supposed to fight Big Show and then got changed to Kane at the last minute. So now yep. Big Show gets to step in when somebody else can't compete. So uh, just a funny thing that popped in my head. But, you know, these guys yeah. did their best and they tried really hard and... Uh, you mentioned it before. Imagine if Kali had been in this, how much worse it could have been. So I'm thankful for that. But no, this this is not anything you need to go watch. Um, they tried really hard, but it's just you can't overcome a stupid idea at the end of the day here. Right. That's what this is. Too many stupid ideas here. Just overcomplicate things for the wrestlers. Sometimes, you know, gimmick matches are fine, but sometimes you can outthink yourself and overdo yourself here which is what they did and uh there's no need to go back and watch this ever no and once again vince russo is booking in nashville <laughs> i believe for a total non-stop action wrestling, oh man so. yeah this could go right up there with some of his worst ideas uh and yet it's not but no. uh we'll leave that discussion for another day as we keep this rolling 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 on to the last ride to next week's episode of the podcast and We'll wrap up things with Kali here for a little while, uh, but that'll happen on SmackDown because, yet again, yeah. plans are going to change right before the pay-per-view. We will not cover SummerSlam 2006 because Taker's scheduled match with Kali will not happen there. Uh, we'll talk about what happened, and instead we'll move on to No Mercy 2006. We'll take a big time jump and get ready, yeah. boys. Uh, get your Mr. Kennedy hats and t-shirts on because we're settling in for a few weeks of action with Mr. Kennedy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to settle in with him for a little while. He was supposed to be the next big thing, you know? So we'll talk about that as we get to, to him and, and just discover his rise and fall <laughs> in WWE. So, Well, we want to hear your comments about that match, so go back and watch that one so you can, uh, you can hear us talk about it. We can talk about it with you. You can give us your comments on it. And we love hearing your comments on 
these matches that we're doing here, uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TalkingTaker with all of your feedback. We asked you for your comments on this match. Uh, at Evan underscore John 97, who has been replying uh, to us a lot lately, said, Taker's got a long history of being involved in those first ever matches. Uh, one we didn't mention, the Inferno match. Oh, he was cool. in the first one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for your comment there, Evan. Uh, the Downturn podcast just had some sympathy for us, said, oh, you poor blokes. And, uh, you know, I can, we, we appreciate the love there, Downturn podcast. And then uh, at Princeton John Two uh, said, "I remember how much WWE was hyping up how dangerous and crazy this match was going to be, even though no one had seen it before. Then it happened, and I was like, <laughs> one, what the heck am I seeing? And two, why is Kali not in the Punjabi prison match? Uh, which we were all wondering. It's so bizarre. Got that ELE? He got the ELE." Um, he said he did say, which I believe Keegan Demetrijevic said last week uh, that he uh, he agreed he liked their last man standing match, which we will cover next week on the road to uh, No Mercy, the match that gets bumped from SummerSlam. Yeah, do you think they still got SummerSlam pay though? That's a pay per view. I know Undertaker did. I know he's not leaving without that. <laughs> Teddy Long's taking care of Taker. You know that. <laughs> Making it rain. You know he is. <laughs> oh, I don't know about Kali. That's though. awesome. But uh, for sure, hit us up. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. So you can get delivered to your inbox whenever it comes out. You know, you can always leave us a rating and uh, spread the word. If you're enjoying the podcast, share it with your friends and Undertaker fans out there. Talk about it over the Thanksgiving table out there. You know, bring up some Taker mm-hmm. talk while you're talking turkey as well. And when you're ready to go out Black Friday shopping, I mean, who does that anymore? You're all doing that Black Friday shopping online, so why don't you go on over to tpublic.com because you know they're having a Black Friday sale and pick yourself up a Taker Easy shirt, a King of Gong style shirt, Taker Care of Business, get your long sleeve, get your hoodie, get your sweatshirt, get your coffee mug to, or a hot chocolate mug to warm up in, get your sticker, get it all 30% off, help support the show, and help us buy some Christmas presents for our family. Come on, you know, you, you want to do it. you got to help us out here, people. <laughs> we give you all this entertainment to listen to if you're out there Black Friday shopping, and the least you can do is help us out. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And uh, until then, we'll, we'll be here next week. Oh, uh, yeah, I and forgot. Go, go ahead. Sunday night, this coming Sunday, is the big Undertaker say, yeah. special interview on the Stone Cold, uh, I can't remember what it's called there, on WWE Network. Uh, it's going to be a big two-hour interview following the Survivor Series. Man, I, I go ahead and tell you, I'm not watching Survivor Series, but I'll be watching that, and yeah, I'm sure we will talk about it on next week's show. We, we'll go in-depth on it and give our thoughts on it. Oh, it's going to be a long night of wrestling for me. It's going to be a big weekend. I'm going to watch, watch uh, TakeOver and then Survivor Series and then uh, uh, Austin and, and, and Taker take over my screen for two hours talking about it. And they'll probably talk turkey because they're going to talk about the gobbledygooker. I think. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and Taker's, uh, <laughs> Taker's debut and stuff. So Anyway, yeah, very much looking forward to that podcast, that episode. I can't wait. That's I know huge. all you creatures tonight can't wait yeah. for that either. So. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be uh, you know out of character as Mark Calloway. So it's going to be really fun to hear that and to see that. So 
we uh depending on how great or grand it is we may do a special episode just breaking it down so we'll see what happens but yeah ladies and gentlemen thank you for paying attention and, and following along with us if you were there at the banker's life field house in indianapolis indiana go hoosiers uh let us know what was it like to look through the uh bamboo and watch these two behemoths slug it out these two leviathans these uh uh, Godzilla and King Kong from Jurassic Park. Right. What was it like to uh, watch these two slug it out and oh, hit famousers and swing like a swashbuckler and all kind of stuff? And speaking of Hoosiers, sorry to our boy Randy Turco for that devastating Minnesota Golden Gophers loss, man. Mm. Thoughts and prayers out to you, buddy. Had that one week of riding that wave high, so that's good. But yeah, hey man, at least they got there. That was good stuff. For that's them, it. So. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, if you were there, let us know. Um, did you, have if any of you have been called out of work for elevated liver enzymes? <laughs> let us know what that's about. I want to know the science behind it. So, uh, if any of you have any insight into this uh, phenomenon that ran rampant for one week in the history of WWE and one week only? Uh, you guys let us know because it is never rated this ugly head again. So. Love to know that. But anyway, in all seriousness, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, blow off the uh, Great Khali feud and head on to Mr. Mr. Double K himself. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. Here's the phenom. I'm from India. I'm last Wow. You got that right,